Yo, today I'm sitting down with the young Calvin Connor, uh, the talented Calvin Connor. He probably has some other nicknames out there. Uh, Calvin was the very first intern that I worked with, and um, Calvin is an awesome individual, and it's been really cool to see how far he's come. He's living here in Bozeman, Montana. He's full-time freelance photographer. Uh, he's crushing it. Dude always has a great attitude, an awesome work ethic, and he just got booted out of the less than one club. He just shot um, a sheep, so life is good for Calvin. So without further ado, let's kind of dive into this conversation I had with him, and um, we just talk about all kinds of cool stuff. So um, let's tune in. All right, we got, you are our first intern. Yep. Calvin Connor professional photographer now <laughs> trying at least you've come a long way since we first met you dude so i'm proud of you well i appreciate it yeah it definitely helped me out a lot along the way yeah dude wisconsin boy jerry of the day to start so <laughs> yeah calvin had a lot of really hilarious jerry moments but everybody does we were just talking about how i could have wrote a book probably of all of them but now i struggle to to remember like any of them but <laughs> <laughs> i know there were a lot <laughs> along the way so oh, i'm yeah. glad that i wasn't a total dick in the process of trying to help you out but um tell everybody like where you're from and like just how you got into shooting photos or wanting to so originally i'm from wisconsin i grew up there went to high school there and when i was 18 moved out to montana um and haven't really looked back since um I started shooting photos actually because my mom is a photographer and that kind of gave me the inspiration to start shooting photos and messing around with her cameras. And I actually was at a snowboard camp when I was younger and there was like a professional snowboard contest going on at the camp, basically for like the campers to watch. And I had brought a camera and I took a bunch of photos and at the time I didn't really realize it, but I took photos for like three and a half hours straight and I got home and my mom was like, wow, some of these are actually, and they were all shot on like auto on a DSLR. Like there's no, you know I mean? Not a ton of skill involved other than like framing the shot. But my mom was like, wow, these are actually like pretty good. Like, so when she got a new camera, she gave me her, I think it was an, a Canon Rebel EOS R or something. It was like the old silver one. Nice. Um, and was like, you can just like, with the kit lens, and was like, you can just like take this around snowboarding with you if you want, or whatever, you know, you want to do with it, feel free. And I was like, okay, so I would take it and go out and take photos of me and my buddies snowboarding all the time. And it didn't really click for me until I was like 15. It was like, well, if I'm really into photography, and I'm into hunting and fishing, why don't I bring my camera hunting and fishing with me? Um, and me and my buddy Kellen started filming like turkey hunts out at our family farm, like didn't kill anything, didn't get any good shots of anything, <laughs> but we were just like out in the woods with a gun and a camera and we thought we were like the coolest thing ever. So that was kind of like the beginning of it. Um, and then I actually, I remember I was 17 and it was the night before opening day of rifle season in Wisconsin and I was going through YouTube watching like hunting videos and yeah. I came across Montana Wild for the first time. And this was like after I already knew I wanted to go to school in Montana. So I was like, okay, this is sweet. And I watched Travis's wolf hunting video nice. was the first one. And then by the end, I like stayed up all night and watched like all of them. And I was like, like at the time I was like, you know, like I need to move to Montana now. 
And I ended up shooting a buck the next day, but it, it like happened really quick and we didn't film it or anything. But it kind of gave me like an insight into like, because the plan was like, oh, I'm going to go film my hunt tomorrow, you know. <laughs> but like, it, it just happened so fast and I shot this deer and I was like, man, that's like way harder than I thought it would be, you know. So I started doing more research and reaching out. Um, I think I messaged, I added both of you guys on Facebook and I messaged Travis and I was like, I'm going to be moving to Montana. Like I'd love to like hang out or something. And Travis said something about like getting a beer. And I was like, I'm not old enough to get a beer. <laughs> like I'm just going to, we'll have to get a soda or something. And we kind of stayed in touch. And then I think it was, I can't remember what year it was. It was my second year in Montana or third year in Montana, going on third year in Montana, I was looking for a summer internship. So I reached out to Zach and Travis, or you and Travis, and um, kind of went from there. And you guys had me over. And Travis again was like, you should come over for a beer. And I was like, still not old enough to have a beer. <laughs> Only 20. So um, came over and chatted for a while. And by the end of it, I had an internship. And I think we hung out at your guys' place for like, Oh, yeah. three or four hours just like bsing and talking about hunting and and yeah kind of went from there so. yeah i don't think were we offering internships or did you just hit us up no i think i think well no actually it was averett was the year before me i think was he or yeah weren't you there at the same time averett was mm -mm, no averett was the year before me because okay. i remember seeing that and being like how That's did right I remember being like, okay, they're offering intern, or they did an internship. So yeah. like, this is so what I must gonna, be doing more. <laughs> yes. So then I got in touch, and you guys were like, not sure if you were gonna have an intern that summer or not. And I just kind of like kept bothering Travis over Facebook. Oh yeah. Until you guys let me come over. Yeah. <laughs> I think we are always like kind of a little not skeptical of you, but like I don't know about this dude. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure if he's like worth our time or not but the thing that's always been awesome about you is you're always like really gung-ho to do stuff like mm -hmm. you don't ever i never felt like i had to convince you to like okay calvin i need you i really need you to do this it was just like what can i do you know yeah like i want to do this i want to do this totally which is awesome skill set to have especially yeah. if you're like wanting to get into it just being hungry like that was the primary reason that we were like, all right, like he really wants to do this. Totally. Like, let's see if we can help him like get him in a little better space to <laughs> start providing some value with some content. Definitely. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I remember the plan was to, I think I came over in like February or March or something. And the plan was to start interning in the summer. Mm -hmm. And then I found out I could get credits for yeah. school. And I was like, this, that's like the coolest thing ever yeah. so i started with you guys like that spring and i think the first like trip was that smith trip mm. so that that was like the first time like out shooting with you guys because like before <laughs> that, yeah. it, it was just like in the house like helping with stuff or doing what you yeah know. well yeah yeah that was because what time of year was that? That, that was, was early. Like now. Yeah, that was like one of the very first trips. Yep, that was. That was I think it was April fifteenth. We threw you right in. Oh yeah, gear That's, boat. Was that the first time you'd rode a boat? No, was the gear boat. No, Travis took me out and we went Kona to Harper's. Oh yeah, you guys' right. drift boat first, <laughs> and then and then after the trip, I think I I took you or was it before the trip? I know we did a float on the Clark Fork. Yep. Where I just had you row me. Yep. <laughs> Yep, and then I remember we came to the confluence there, and you were like, all right, I'm rowing. Give me the stick. 
<laughs> but yep, the, but I'd only rode twice before the Smith, but at least around in Montana, it's such a good skill set to have to be able to row a drift boat. Oh yeah, yeah. Like Kayla's learning now. I'm like, yeah. She's always like, "What do I do?" I'm like, "You're laying on your back. What would you do with your <laughs> arms?" You know. And it, it's funny because it's like, like I have to remind myself. I'm like, "Don't get frustrated. You were mm-hmm. bad. I'm sure you were bad at rowing when you started too. Uh, you you were better than most. Yeah, well, I mean, I you're never great it. from the beginning. But <laughs> yeah. there, there's some people that just the brain makes zero connection to their arms. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yep. Well, it's funny. Cause I remember Travis being like, being like, okay, you're laying on your back floating down the river. Yeah. What are you going to do with your arms? And I was like, okay, that makes sense to me. Yeah. So it makes sense in your head, but then you have to like pull an oar and people are like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember when I think it was you that tried to teach me how to crab at the first yeah. time. And I felt like, you know, you're like patting your stomach and rubbing your head at the same time. You're like, I have no idea yeah. what I'm doing. So, yeah, we made a film and shot a bunch of photos on that Smith River trip. Yep. So that was on the Smith. awesome. That was a cool yeah. one. And then, yeah, my my timeline's bad. But with that, then did we jump into you shooting some of elk stuff for your hunt? Out by yep, that was I did. Um, so I remember working on with you with that stuff. You were y- trying to shoot like some yeah, I was shooting spring like, elk progression through yep. the season stuff and yep. And I remember I was super stoked because you like got me a phone scope for free because oh, yeah. I had been like bumming <laughs> it, putting my camera or uh-huh. like my phone up to it, and I thought that was like phone scopes were like the and they still are like the coolest thing. But I remember like yeah, I'd go out there like all the time and just like take photos of bulls and videos of bulls yeah and it's funny now because like i actually stumbled across that like draft that i sent to you mm-hmm. that you were like no dude this is <laughs> like yeah. go back and start over there was definitely a lot of like ah, no try it this way <laughs> yeah do it again but it's funny because i like look back on that and i was like wow that's funny that like yeah you know at that time i thought that was like i remember like setting my tripod up and, like, filming myself, like, getting in my truck and, like, driving and just, like, <laughs> stuff that I thought yeah, was, was super creative. Yeah, it was harder when you have to do it on your own just mm-hmm. by yourself, for sure. Um, so then you interned with us, and then we eventually moved to Bozeman. Yep. And then where were you – what were you doing when we hired you? I was – so I had um, – I was done with school, and I was working at the ranch – um, mm, I was working right. at a guest ranch as like an activities guide. So I'd take people like shooting and hiking and on ranch tours and excuse me, things like that. Um, and then I put in my two weeks at the ranch on August 14th, very strategically, and was just going to like live in my camper in Elkhart, um, at least for like September and then kind of like reevaluate from there. And yeah. that's when I had been kind of talking to you and tra- or I'd been talking to you and Travis about like, hey, guys, I'd be interested in a job if the opportunity arises since like that year around Christmas time, like leading up to like before I worked at the ranch. Um, so we had kind of been in touch. And then I think it was it was like beginning of October because I remember I went on a I had an antelope tag and I went on an antelope hunt and Travis was like, just start whenever you get back from your antelope hunt. And then. I got back from my antelope hunt, um, and, or excuse me, before the hunt, had, like, a, you know, formal, like, 
interview with you guys, like kind of, we'd like chatted a bunch on the phone about like, yeah, this should work, but you know, let's all meet up obviously in Bozeman. Yeah. Um, and then after I got back from that, we kind of went straight into your guys' elk hunt from sure. there. So yeah, we, th- we just kept throwing you like straight in. Yeah. And then we went to New Zealand and we were like, all right, just run the show. Yep. <laughs> that was like, honestly, probably like the best learning experience I've ever had. Cause it was just kind of like, well, you're like, figure it out, you yeah. know, nobody to like turn around and be like, how do I spell this? Yeah. <laughs> like type in something <laughs> or like, you know, like, what do you think of this? I was like, well, figure it out. Like, yeah. You know? So as far as other younger guys or gals that want to, you know, either just shoot content or be a photographer, I mean, like, what were, like, would you recommend your path? What were the awesome things about things that happened before you started doing it on your own? I would totally recommend, like, everybody to intern for somebody in some capacity, whether it be for an agency or an individual or just, like, anybody that you look up to. Like, you know, like I said, since I was, like, 17, I'd been watching all your guys' videos and was like, okay, I want to, like, learn from them and, like, do stuff like this is the coolest thing out there you know like I want to do this um but I think it's like it's incredibly valuable just because of how much you learn that you wouldn't know from like you know a class or you know you can learn so much from like YouTube and tutorials and all that but there's certain like real life applications like in the field that you wouldn't like a a tutorial isn't going to tell you how to like get set up quick when you're coming in on an elk or you know you're you're like running and gunning in a rainstorm. It's not going to, you know, a tutorial is not going to like help you navigate your way through that. Whereas if you have somebody that has way more experience than you and somebody that's much more knowledgeable than you, it's like, you know, you can kind of learn from them and, and they can kind of point out things that you wouldn't have even thought about until they say it. But then once they say it, you're like, well, yeah, that makes perfect. Like, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. I think internships, I would 100% recommend interning. Like a necessity off the bat. Oh, yeah. And it's, <laughs> it just kind of shows, I think it shows, too, that you are more, not, I don't want to, like, say more serious than the guy who doesn't have an internship, but, like, yeah. it shows that you're hungry, that you want it, that you're, like, you know, that you're willing to work for for little to no cost or for credits or for, you know, to get your foot in the door or whatever it may be. And, and I think a lot of kids don't even realize it's a cool opportunity most degrees in schools, if you have an internship that's like in your field, they'll count it as credits for, you know, like I think I got three credits for interning for you yeah. guys. And it was like, yeah. I had the sickest summer of my life and got school credit for it. Like, yeah, cool. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Like for Travis and myself, like we didn't ever do any internships. Totally. We kind of had a few people that mentored us a little bit in the beginning. So, I mean, whether it's an internship or a mentor, That's helpful. I mean, you can do it on your own, but yeah, it's not really so much learning a lot of the skills. It's like how to implement them and how to handle certain scenarios and like what to do in this case. And totally, you know, it's like that real world application where being an intern, you get to kind of like make some mistakes in a non, like you don't have to worry about losing money or losing clients or totally kind of like getting your feet wet without too much risk. Definitely. Yeah, no, I think that's a great way of putting it. It's like you, you gain a lot of experience for a little bit of or really no risk at all unless you're a terrible intern and get fired. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, no, I think it's, it's a great way to 
transition into a job and like for me it was it kind of like proved that like I interned for you guys and like after interning I was always pretty like I always like let you guys know that I was interested in a job and that you know this is what I want to do and and I thought that was kind of cool to see that pay off because I knew like a lot of kids that interned for whether they were studying business or you know wildlife biology but they would intern for like these massive companies like you know, that have a couple hundred employees or whatever. And it's like with, it's still a valuable internship, but you're not as much of like a direct asset, you know, you're more just like, Oh, you're the intern this year. You know, you're, you're one of the 10 interns this year. Whereas when it's like a smaller focus kind of niche industry, like the outdoor industry, you can kind of like, I think you can get more out of your internship and also like provide more value. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, from like my perspective of offering internships for people and stuff um obviously look for ones that are posted but you can create an internship for yourself pretty easily totally if someone really wanted an internship with me like totally they could just come and do that like philip vaughn who's interning for me right now like he's just communicated with me a bunch and wants to get into it totally and that evolved into an internship yep Phillips and that and was mostly his doing. Totally. And the biggest thing is approaching someone, like let's say there's someone you want to try to intern with or maybe make a list of like five or ten people because not everyone's going to work out. But if you can approach them and say, here are five things that I would really like to do that I'd like to learn about, and I think I can help you Yep. by doing these things, it's like almost a no-brainer. Like – an internship, the best internships are like mutually valuable. Totally. Like I get to teach an intern skills and like give them ideas and how to think and, you know, how to operate. Yep. And like really speed up their learning process. And hopefully they're working on some things that like help me out because I have to kind of give some of my time and devote it to teaching them. So if they can in return provide value to me, it's like a no-brainer. I'd love to help you out. Totally. You know, if it's just like I'm helping you and you do nothing for me, that's a tougher proposition. Totally. For people, because in this space, you're just so busy all the time and you got to wear so many hats. So I think if you're smart and aggressive, you can be like, hey, here's, I'd love to intern for you. Here's what I want to do. Here's why it makes sense for you, the photographer of the business. Yep. Totally. Well, and even it's funny you say that because – my buddy Kellen that I mentioned was wanting to get an internship this summer and is in the process of, of reaching out to different people. And when he first started, he was like, sent me his, you know, he's like, I'm going to send you an email. And I was like, this is garbage. Start over. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, and now I look and read his emails and I'm like, that's like a professional pitch. Like that's, yeah. that's awesome because you, you come into it with like an idea of like, you know, here's what I, like you said, here's what I want to learn, but here's what I want to provide you with. And here's, you know, how I can help. Um, and I, I feel like I, I definitely could have been better about it, but when I reached out to you guys, I kind of had an idea of like, here's why I want to get into this. I'm Mm -hmm. passionate about this. Here's what I want to learn here. Here's like what I could definitely help you guys with. And then hopefully as I learn more, I can begin to help you with larger and larger, you know, tasks and projects and things like that. Um, 
which I think kind of evolved over, you know, the course of me interning for you guys and then working for you guys. It was like a cool, it was really cool to see that, like, you know, I can, I can help with bigger things and more important projects and things like that and be of value. So, yeah, it was sweet. I mean, cause you got to see every aspect of our business that we'd taken five or six years to build. Totally. Yeah. Probably like 10 months. Totally. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you think is like a reasonable timeline for someone to like start shooting images and then start working on their own? Because I think it takes longer than people want to think. I would (laughs) definitely agree that it takes longer than people would want to think. I feel like it, it kind of depends on like who you are and how much you want it and how much time you have. And like, you know, I always like, if people ask me like, what do you do to get better? It's like, keep shooting. Like, you know, if, if you had me taking photos in the middle of October when I've been on like four trips already and then I've got other stuff coming up, you're just like kind of in your zone, you know, like you, you definitely, it just like comes more naturally than the first trip of the year when you're like, you know, it's like riding a bike, but it's like, you know, those first couple hours of the first trip, you're like, okay, wait, like get back in the zone, like shoot this, this, and this, like, okay, you've shot everything that's like comes to mind. Now think outside of the box. Whereas once you've been doing it, like I remember by the time your guys' dad had shot, or excuse me, when you had shot your elk, Mm -hmm. the third one of the trip, it was like, you know, like shoot, 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 shoot. Like, this is what I want. Go here, do this, do that. Like Travis, get back here. Zach, move that branch. Like, you know, all sorts of stuff. Like, that at the beginning you like wouldn't think of or you, or maybe take you a little longer to think about. Um, but I guess as far as a timeline goes, I don't know. It's so hard to say. Like, yeah, it does depend. Cause like that time five we spent years? the breaks was like, <laughs> that was like, you gotta see a lot course. really quick. Yeah. That was like, um, I think it was like 19 days straight. I feel like it's at least two to three years. Yeah, totally. Because, and like, that's hard for people to, especially in our current society of like, you want it instantaneous, like oh, yeah. millennials, like I don't want to work. Yeah. I just want to be a professional photographer for sick and Yeti and totally <laughs> yep. whoever else Matthews, you know, but, um, I mean anything like I'm kind of starting some other businesses and you want to see success right away, but you kind of have to remind yourself that dude, this is a multi-year process to even get to totally place where i start to feel like i'm getting solid traction so totally that's a reason why getting an internship in even if you got a couple and or like an internship and a mentor in those first two years like you're gonna be hitting like year five for most people by the end of like year two totally well and i think there's definitely something to be said for that as far as just like you know it doesn't matter who you are like Tom Brady is always learning about football, you know? Yeah. Like, I think it's important to always be, like, learning and always trying to, like, evolve and and learn from other people because I feel like that's the quickest way to learn is from people that you look up to and that are, that are more talented than you are. And I feel like that was kind of, for me, like, with you guys, it was like, okay, like, you know, these guys have been really welcoming and open to, like, me wanting to chat and have an internship. Yeah. And... And I think the biggest thing that people don't under, or like, I don't want to say don't understand, but like kind of overlook is like, for the most part, I mean, with any industry, there's always going to be a couple of people that, you know, might not give you the time of day or that might not like be the nicest to you. 
But like for the most part, everybody in this industry is really like open and welcoming. If you want to, even if you just want to grab coffee or sit down and chat with them about, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be like, Hey, I want an internship, but it could just be like, Hey man, I'd love to sit down and pick your brain on X, Y, Z, you know? And I feel like most people are totally willing to, you know, if you reach out to them, like take time out of their day to do that. Yeah. Um, which is really helpful, you know, that, that people are kind of always looking to help others. And, and I think that's, that's really cool. So nice. Yeah. So then let's see here. So after working for us, then you went out on your own. How'd that go? I mean, were you scared? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, my parents were like, you're going to do what? Colin, come home. <laughs> like, what are you? Like, and they, like they were they were pretty supportive of it in the sense of, like, you know, they've always been like, yeah, like, chase your dreams. Do what you want to do as long as you can make it work and support yourself and not be, like, you know, a bum. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. and I think for me, it was one of those things that was like, well, I, I guess I'll give it a go. I didn't really, in my head, it was kind of like, I'll try this for six months. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, I guess it's not that time yet. And that's still the end goal. But like, go back and, and, you know, you know, work for somebody or do something else and refine your skills in the meantime or whatever. Um, but it ended up kind of like, you know, people, I had had my foot in the door from working with you guys and like mm -hmm. people had kind of at least were familiar with like who I was and yeah and what I was about and that I was like serious about it, that it wasn't just like, oh, I want to like have a lot of followers on Instagram and go yeah. hunting. I think one of the things that we didn't really touch on too is like the amount of people that you get to meet through an internship. You Total. know, oh yeah. Like just for interning for us, like Calvin needed a place to live. Yep. And I'm good friends with Stephen Drake and knew he had an open room. Totally. So it was like Calvin got to intern and work for us. Well, you got to work for us and then live with Stephen Drake. Totally. So it was yeah. Like so it was like my life <laughs> full was Full immersion. Like, yeah. I was, I was in up to my neck in like outdoor photography and videography. And I think that's funny because when I remember it was like four or five years ago now, uh, my buddy and I had a film in the hunting film tour of this big deer he killed. And I remember I like got up in the middle of the show to go to the bathroom and Steve was walking down this hall in the Emerson and it was like just me and him. And it was like, I remember this feeling of like, it was like, you know, like, Oh my God, I, like, I don't I, What do I say? Like, do I, do I introduce myself, you know? And I remember like, I like froze up and didn't say anything and just like put my head down and keep kept walking. So I thought it was funny that like a couple years later, I'm like, living with him like yeah. <laughs> bsing in our living room or having a beer over dinner or something so it's kind of funny to like see how far things evolve and i think in with an internship you definitely meet tons of people that whether it be somebody that works at a brand or mm. somebody that is in the same industry but in a different kind of you know like is doing their own thing or yeah. you know it, it just kind of uh kind of snowballs and the the more people you know and the more connections you can make is mm -hmm. is the better, I think. And a, another thing that kind of comes to mind with that is, like, going out and, like, making a presence. Like, I remember, you know, I always thought it was important to, like, you know, if there's a Mule Deer Foundation banquet or a Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation banquet or the hunting film tour, like, you know, show up. Even if you go for an hour, like, go have a beer, shake some hands, like, yeah. talk to some people, you know, introduce yourself. Because I feel like everybody can be that kid on Instagram that sends a message 
but if you go like shake somebody's hand, I feel like that kind of like resonates with them. And they're like, Oh yeah. Like I remember you. Yeah. Um, Jay Sisk, who we hired before you. Yep. He snuck into ATA show to like meet us in person. That's awesome. (laughs) Yep. So doing exactly that. Totally. Which was like, all right, like (laughs) this kid snuck into ATA show. Like, He's probably pretty badass. Like, well, I think that's. <laughs> let's look in a little bit deeper on what he's got going on, you know. Well, and that's cool to see. Like, I feel like you have to kind of be hungry like that, and like be willing to like scratch and claw your way there. Like, you yeah. know, if somebody says no, don't really take that as just like a well, okay, yeah. you know. Yeah, for so. sure. So, who was your first client once you started working on your own? Uh, his name is Taylor. He is a oral surgeon in Canada Um, and he was pretty much just going on a trip on a sheep hunt um, and just wanted it documented so that he could show his wife and kids what he was up to because I guess he had gone to New Zealand the year um, previous and excuse me and had come back with you know had this awesome adventure trip of a lifetime for him and he'd come back, and his wife and kids saw the cell phone photos, and were like, oh, cool, whatever. Yeah. You know, like, glad you had a good time. And he was, you know, kind of like, okay, I want to show them, you know, how, how, you know, the process of these big trips works and the adventure along the way and the travel and the ups and the downs. And he felt like he didn't really, like, accurately represent the time that he had mm-hmm. to show his, you know, wife and kids. So that was the first trip I did. And actually, um, Drake was the one that like passed that trip along to me. He had reached out to Drake because he had seen his YouTube channel and his vlogs. Gotcha. And he was already going to be on another trip and and put him, put Taylor in touch with me and a couple other guys. Um, and this totally goes back to surrounding yourself with people that you look up to and that are, you know, more talented than you because they can open up other opportunities for you yeah. like that. And, and you know, it was just like a little comment as he was leaving the house, like, hey, by the way, so-and-so is maybe going to send you an email. Like, keep an eye out for it. Yeah. And I remember, like, running upstairs and, like, refreshing my computer, <laughs> my email, <laughs> every, like, 15 minutes. You sat minutes. there for two days just hitting refresh. <laughs> like, every 15 minutes, I would, like, you know, if I was doing something, I'd just, like, refresh my email. And when he emailed me, I emailed him back like three minutes later and I was like, yes, I want it. Like call me. And he called me and it was like 20 minutes later. He was, he was like, cool. I'm booking your flight. And I was like, Oh, okay. I guess that happened quick. Like, and I think that was kind of like a big confidence booster for me to like, even though it was kind of like, I don't want to say handed to me. Cause like, you know, he did email a couple other people. Yeah. But even though it was, it was very much like, hey, here's this opportunity, you know, it still was like this confidence booster of like, okay, like people think my work is good enough mm-hmm. to do this, you sure. know? So, so that was the, the first one. Who was the first brand that you like got paid by? Um, I'm trying to remember, I believe it was Snowy Mountain Rifles oh, in nice. Missoula. Yep. Cool. So that was. You almost worked for them before we hired you. Yep. Yeah. I, I was going to work for them. Um, and then had been obviously looking up to you guys for years. And I felt like at the time that was kind of um, like Snowy Mountain's a great brand. I have you know nothing but good things to say about them. But I feel like at the time it was kind of like that was the experience that I needed to get mm-hmm. my foot in the door. And that was like more directly related to like what I wanted to do. Yeah. And 
you know, as far as from a learning standpoint and all sorts of stuff like that. So For sure. Bring that mic just uh, skosh up because it's starting to want to fall off the desk. <laughs> we're we're thankfully uh, our my good friend Cody Rich is letting us borrow some of his podcasting gear to get things going. We don't want to break your stuff, Cody. No. It's kind of <laughs> janky. <laughs> Maybe he'll just donate it to the cause. <laughs> I'll, I'll reweld the like bracket there, and there you go. <laughs> we'll fix it. Make so. like a double a double hinge yeah. on there. <laughs> I know. I should start making podcast hinges, dude. There you go. <laughs> um, all right. How so? When you started working on your own, because this is always a question that everybody has, and I know we had for a long time, and still don't know. There's not like a set answer, but how did you go about pricing images or pricing work for people? For the first trip, I pretty much um, was just like, you know, I was I was hungry and looking for work, so I kind of like pitched to him what I thought like a day of my time was worth, yeah. times how many days were on the trip, yeah. um, and I think that that is a good way to do it as far as trips go. Um, just because it kind of, you know, like you're going to be there for that whole time regardless. I feel like you should be paid for your whole time and, you know, travel time and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, But I just kind of like, to be completely honest, reached out to to people and kind of, it's it's like a touchy subject because you don't want to ask somebody like, hey, how much money do you make? Or like, how, how do you go about pricing things? But at the same time, it was like, I don't know if I should charge a hundred dollars a day or a thousand dollars a day. So yeah. I, it was kind of like, what, what do you do? So I talked to a few different people and kind of got a sense of like what they, what they recommended and, and kind of like ran some prices past them as a, I think it's a good way to go about it. Instead of asking people like, you know, how much do you charge for the day? Mm-hmm. Come up with a number in your head that you think is fair for like your time for the day and maybe just say to some people that are, have more experience than you, hey, you know, is somewhere in this ballpark appropriate? Like, am I going to blow these people out of the water? Am I going to, am I selling myself short? Or am I kind of like right in that zone? And if, you know, if you're, you get enough people that say, yeah, you know, you're, you're kind of right in the ballpark, then you can kind of adjust it from there based on, you know, the trip or the deliverables or, you know, whatever the circumstances may be. Yeah. Um, so... So that was kind of how I come up with like, you know, what I charge for a day and for trips. And then if, if a brand wants to buy images, you can kind of look at it as like, okay, do you want to sell them? At least in my opinion, do you want to sell them a single image or a few images for a set number that's usually going to be more than a day rate because a day is like, you know, a guaranteed scheduled out thing on your calendar, whereas a photo or two bought here and there is a little more sporadic and not as, you know, consistent. So I feel like there's something to be said for that and being able to charge more, especially depending on what the photo is going to be used for. You know, if it's for social media, it's not that much. If they're going to put it on a billboard and put it up at SHOT Show, that's, you know. So I think that it's kind of, it just kind of is all circumstantial, like kind of feel it out and, and play it by ear. Um, but that's kind of how I got started was just like asking people and yeah. really trying to like, you know, be polite. Cause it's, it's always, you know, kind of an awkward question to be like, Hey, how much like do you charge or sure. how much should I charge kind of thing? Yeah. We, when we sold pretty, one of our, 
highest paid images. We started negotiating it and then I kind of forwarded the email string to another professional photographer who had asked if he'd help me with um, some pricing and he was awesome and just being like, yeah, I'll totally help you out. You know, like send me the emails. I sent it to him and then, you know, like he guided me through the process and helped me come up with a price totally. and that helped. I mean, there were for future encounters or in circumstances where I didn't really know how to price it, but that gave me a better understanding of how I should go about it. Totally. So, yeah. Yep. And I think the more you work with brands, the more, if you have a good relationship with you, with them, you can be like, Hey, what, you know, like, what do you guys usually pay for this? Yep. And you know, if you trust them, they're usually going to tell you what the fair price is for that content. So, well, and I think another thing that people overlook a lot is like, if you're curious, like, you can just ask somebody, Hey, what's your budget for this? Yeah. You know, what, like, what do you guys have allocated for this project or for, you know, X amount of photos or yeah. whatever and kind of go from there. So. For sure. So how would you go about finding new brands? Um, I feel like at least what I like to do is, you know, reach out to people. It never hurts to reach out, whether it be, you know, if you know so-and-so that works as the content manager or the brand director or the marketing manager at a company, um, you know, like I said, shaking hands, meeting people, chatting in person. I think it's funny because like when I talk to somebody in person and shake their hand, I feel like I very, like I'm, I'm very good at like talking to people and like striking up a conversation with just about anybody. Um, but then I go to email people pitches sometimes and I'm like, and I can still do it, but it takes me way longer than like if I'm talking because I'm like, I kind of like overanalyze it. I'll be like, uh, what? Yeah. you know, but I think it's good to just kind of reach out and introduce yourself and tell them what you're about, you know, obviously see if they have any needs, but it also never hurts to like pitch somebody an idea right off the bat because even if, you know, they could say yep to that pitch, but even if they don't to that specific pitch, it still gets them thinking like, okay, this kid's hungry. He has ideas like even if that's not the project they want to do, they might have something else in mind that they need somebody for and think, okay, yeah. well, you know, this guy's the right guy to do it. So, yeah. um, what's the fa what's your favorite type of hunting to photograph? Ooh. Mm, sheep or elk? Sheep or elk? Yeah. I like sheep just because like usually where you, the places you go, you just point and shoot and it's awesome. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, fire everywhere yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like you know generally sheep don't live in ugly places and no. I mean neither do elk no. so it's it's kind of cool to you know go on hunts like that and and to shoot photos of things like that especially for me because my whole interest in hunting came from big game hunting so it's cool to to go on big game hunts and like I remember on your guys's elk hunt I was like this is the coolest thing I've ever seen <laughs> yeah. like we just killed three elk, three bulls in 19 days and saw like tons of elk every day, you know? So for me, it's, it's kind of like really easy to get hyped up about stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I also think it's cool to shoot new stuff. Like I, I did a couple, couple of shoots for waterfowl outfitters this year and I had never really been around waterfowl hunts other than like me and my buddies jumping ducks in college. Yeah. So it was cool to kind of like bring a fresh perspective and like, 
kind of shoot things that you think have maybe not been shot before or, or things like that. So Yeah. All right. Let's dive into some social media because you're like and I don't know if there if this is like a strategic thing that you do, but like if if there's ever an image posted on Instagram, I can almost count on Calvin Connor to have liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a strategy of liking a lot of content or? I don't know. I like. Or do you just really like liking? I definitely enjoy social media. Like I think it's it's a cool way to network. It's a cool way to, you know, talk to people and meet people and, and things like that. Um, but as far as like, I think it's definitely important to in- engage with other people's content just because like that's proven to, you know, kind of up your your social media presence. Um, but I also just happen to be, I just like a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I see something, I'm like, that's badass. Like I'm going to like it. So nice. Yeah. Um, what's your like posting strategy for like what you post and when you post? I try to like, I think the, you know, based on what I've gathered, the best thing you can do is be consistent. And if you have enough content post multiple times a day, um, I try to post like twice a day, sometimes three times a day throughout the day. I mean, there's definitely times that do better than others. Like Sunday evenings are always kind of a no-brainer is going to do pretty well. Yeah. Thursday evenings, for whatever reason, like Wednesday, middle of the day. I don't know if people are just like sick of work and they're on their phone. But, (laughs) but, um, you know, so there's definitely times that do better than others. But I think it's, at least I try to always like, you know, even if it's not like the extra special time to post, just like keep a steady, consistent flow of content. Um, and one thing that I really learned from that I took away from you guys was that you should post consistently, but there still needs to be like a like don't post something just to post something. Like there yeah. needs to be a standard of like quality that you're like, okay, I'm happy putting my name on this and putting it out there for the world to see. Um, so I think there's definitely something to be said for that. Is there any rhyme or reason when you'll switch between fishing, hunting, life? Or do you just post what you feel like is sick at the moment? It kind of like, obviously, you know, like going into archery elk season, I'm going to post elk stuff. Or going into spring bear season, I'm going to post some spring bear stuff. But in the middle of the year, it kind of just depends on, you know, I try and just kind of go through my Lightroom gallery And a lot of times what I'll do, um, you know, there's plenty of different scheduling, you know, applications and things like that you can use. I like to save a lot of posts as drafts. Yeah. Like I'll probably have like 40 to 50 drafts saved at a time. And sometimes I'll literally just go through my drafts and be like, which one of these do I think is sick? Yeah. You know, like, so I guess to answer the question more directly, sometimes it's like a strategic thing, but sometimes it's just like, I think this is badass this afternoon yeah if you don't have a social media management software which is going to cost you money definitely saving drafts is sweet you can be like okay i'm just going to sit down for an hour or two hours i'm going to pull a bunch of photos i'm going to put them in instagram write a caption back out it's going to ask me if i want to save a draft yep yes the only thing you need to know is if you manage multiple accounts like i manage a multitude yep. so you can have like five at a time instagram only lets me do four which is i don't know why yep. <laughs> but uh i'll have to log out of all my accounts to to 
delete one so I can add another one, you know, because it only lets you log in at so many. Gotcha. When yep. you do that, you lose all your drafts. Hmm. That's a good thing to think about. I yeah. did not know that. Yeah. Because I had done some, not a lot, not 40, yep. but I had, I think, like five in there. And I was like, oh, like, where where did my drafts go? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, it's like because I logged out. So it, it didn't save it. So if you're going to do a lot of them, just make sure you don't log out. Well, that makes sense because so I do some stuff on my iPad and some stuff on my phone. And you're, if you save a draft on your iPad, it will not show up on your phone. It's, gotcha. it's like device, device specific. specific yeah. So, yeah. Um, you want to talk to us a little bit about like sponsored posts and why you started doing some of that and totally. if it was worth it or are you going to continue to do it? Yeah, I think that, um, so to do a sponsored post, you have to transition to a business account, um, which is relatively easy to do. Um, yeah. Don't you think everybody, if they're going to work and if they want to be professional, just switch to a business a hundred percent away. I mean, Number one, just because you can see so many more analytics of, you know, what your audience is, male, female, age, um, you know, country, state, you know, region. When they're engaging. Yeah, Yeah. all sorts of stuff. Um, And you can also, you know, number two, you can do promoted posts and sponsored posts. um, But you can also add, you know, your your phone number, your email, and your bio right there. It's easier for people to contact you. Um, Yeah. So I'd say do that right off the bat. I know some people think, oh, I need to have a certain amount of followers to do that or whatever. You could have 58 followers on Instagram and switch it to a business account, and I think that'd be the right move. Um, As far as sponsored posts go, I think that they definitely – serve a purpose and are good at the right place at the right time but kind of and i'm i'm sure i'm guilty of this as well but you don't want to overdo it because i feel like sometimes you know like let's say you sponsor a post and i saw it organically but then i see it three more times as a sponsored post i'm just like eh, you know like or anybody sponsors a post you know because you've already seen it you've already engaged with it um yeah so are you just promoting a a post you already made or are you actually like creating an ad that's a new post so i usually do it as a new post just for that reason so that it's not you know are you doing it through instagram or through facebook through instagram and then that runs it through facebook and and all that Uh, because just so everyone knows like instagram's owned by facebook so you have to have a facebook account I want to say to have an Instagram page, but I know for sure to run advertising and have a business page. To have a business page, you definitely do. Yep. Um, because in my eyes, like Facebook's important, obviously, but compared to Instagram, your engagement levels are like nowhere near what it is on Instagram. So for me, like I don't even post to my business Facebook page. I made that strictly so that I could make a business Instagram page. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also important to try and promote things that are, you know, you want to direct people to your page and get people there and promote stuff that's like awesome hunting and fishing and outdoor content. But I also think it's important to just every once in a while promote a post that people are just going to look at, you know, and say, oh, that's really cool. And, you know, there's still a call to action of, you know, learn more or visit this Instagram profile or whatever. But it's subtle. It's not in your face. It's not like go click on this link and do this or do that. You know, like I promoted a post of my puppy in a fishing net the other day. Yeah. 
and like it's a puppy so it obvious people like puppies but like you know I just figured it's more of like a personal look inside of inside of my life I'm not really trying to like sell any brand anything or like even necessarily sell myself it's more just kind of like hey here's some content that I feel like a lot of people would enjoy and is going to get a lot of traction so so yeah I think it's it like you know sponsoring posts definitely works but I think it's important to not overdo it and then like I said before that's even something I have to remind myself of from time to time is like okay cool it with the promoted posts for a little bit or you know maybe do like one every couple weeks or once a month or you know whatever it whatever it may be so yeah Momentary break to kick this mic square in the sack. Come on, Cody. What's going on with these things? <laughs> All right. We're going to move it this way. Okay. Different spot on the table. All right. Yeah. We just rebuilt the whole entire podcast arm. Yep. Out of, we folded paper and tapes together and built. Hairpins. Yeah. It's pretty sick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Custom. So, <laughs> just talking about the promoted Instagram. Like, what's your strategy? Like, why are you sponsoring posts, though? Is it to get more followers? Is it to get work? Is it to just get more reach? I think in general it should be, like, I feel like everybody wants to have, like, a million followers on Instagram, but that's not my – I mean, granted, the more sponsored posts you do, the more people that are going to, you know, see your page, if if that's your call to action. Because, you know, you can do – direct people to a website, direct people to your Instagram page, direct people to a product, whatever it may be. Um, But for me, you know, obviously I'm trying to direct people to my page and get a little more traction there, but the end goal of getting more traction on my page is to, you know, down the road get more business, you know, because who knows, it could be that sponsored post could show up to, you know, Bob, Joe, and their cousin Billy, but it could also show up to, you know, the brand director of a huge company and they could see Bob, it. Bobby Joe might be a brand director. E- exactly. <laughs> and that's another thing too, is I feel like you never really know who's watching. Yeah. And that's an important thing to keep in mind is, you know, who's watching, who's paying attention. Like I've had people reach out to me, um, and be like that I've ended up doing work with and been like, Oh we, yeah, we've been watching your stuff for years. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Really? And they were like, yeah, we were watching like back when you were an intern for Montana Wild. And I was like, I never knew that. Like, so it's, I think it's always, you never know who's going to see it. Um, and the end goal should definitely be to get, if you're spending money on advertising, it should be to get, you know, make more money. Yeah. Um, for me, what I struggle with, with promoting posts is figuring out, okay, did this promote it? You know, if I spend 35 bucks to promote a post for six days or whatever, is that, you know, like you book one trip because of that, and obviously you've made your, oh, pro- yeah. your, your profit back right there. Um, but it's kind of like, okay, at what point am I seeing, is this money like going towards a good purpose? You know, at, at what point is this, is this investment going to make me more money in the long run? And I feel like in, in some senses, it's like, you know, you kind of have to roll the dice and be like, well, I hope the right people see it or you know, adjust your audience or whatever it may be. Um, But that's kind of one thing I struggle with is kind of figuring out like, okay, can I, you know, because I kind of a lot of times will do posts, the promoted posts in that like $25 to $45 range. And it's like, can I really justify, you know, promoting a post for 200 bucks for three weeks? Like, is that going to pay off? You know, maybe, but 
So that's kind of where I'm struggling is like finding that like, yes, this for sure equaled like this $200 that I spent on promoting posts equaled, you know, X amount of profit that I made Yeah. and kind of correlating. Even if it got made you back $201, you should have done it. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Yeah. So, and it's like, so it, the hard thing is, is that you have to start spending a lot of money to really totally get a sense of how much it's doing. Yep. Because not every ten or thirty dollar post is going to be like, oh, I got a fifteen hundred dollar like shoot for a couple of days next week or whatever, you know? Like totally, yep. So you're kind of just like, I hope this is working. Where if you if you could afford to drop two hundred dollars on a post and it was strategic, like you probably could like come away from that like with some understanding of if it was worth it. But it's totally. also like, well, what if I just give Facebook two hundred bucks and it, yeah. And and that's a risk you do take. anything. And you're like, well, that would suck. So, totally. Yeah. Have you seen like engagement go down at all since you've started promoting posts on your non-promoted posts? Not specifically on my non-promoted posts. It stays about the same. Every once in a while, you'll post a photo where you're like, "What's going on? Yeah. Like, is nobody seeing this?" And and I actually saw um, Taylor Coleman with Captured Creative kind of found a way around it that kind of found some numbers on it this was like a year or so ago but he posted a post and i remember even seeing it and being like that's really low engagement for him like Mm -hmm. and it's a badass photo like it's on par or better than like most like it's you know it fits his image like it's awesome but why are people not engaging and he posted a story it was like how many people saw this post on their feed yes or no and it was like 78 percent of people said no that they didn't see it on their feed and then it was like the next one was like how many of you would have engaged with this if you saw it on your feed? And it was similar, like 75 or 76% said, yes, they would have engaged with it if they saw it. Um, so I don't see any, every once in a while, there's like a random one where you're like, what the hell? Like that didn't, didn't do well. Um, but the one thing I definitely notice is if you continually spend the same amount of money or like, let's say you spend $30 on a promoted post and then the next time you spend 15, the 15 is going to do... The 15 that you spend after the 30 is going to do not nearly as well as if it was 15 that you spent the first time you ever promoted a post, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, I think they have some really, like, kind of shysty oh, yeah. practices of, like, oh yeah, encouraging you to spend as much money as possible with them. Oh, totally, yeah. <laughs> I always call them out because I have talks with some of the Facebook people because I manage some different pages, and so I kind of pop up on their radar, and they want to, like, they, there are resources to help you understand it better, but I'm always like, how come my engagement's way down? Yeah. Like, I posted, like, I came onto this page to help manage it. I've posted, like, nine p- posts organically. Yep. And they all crushed. Yep. And then I literally started promoting a few. <laughs> and then every post since then, and this is, like, the next, like, 12 posts. Yep. Are, like, a third of the engagement. Yeah. I'm yeah. like... <laughs> Yeah, what's going Kinda, on? I mean, I don't want to be like wearing my tinfoil hat over here, but like this is a BS. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like so you tell me if I don't spend money, I'm not going to get the same bang for, you know. I wonder when the neck there will be a new platform at some point in the future. Well, it was funny cuz last year I remember Vero came yeah. out and everybody freaked out for like 3 days like and I two remember seconds. day 2 I was like <laughs> yeah. I was like I better get one of these cuz a guy named Curtis Morgan, who if you don't follow him, you should on like all platforms. He's like a, a god. But he posted that he was jumping on the bandwagon, and that's when I was like, okay, 
I'm going to jump on. And I followed him or whatever they called it on Vero. And he followed me back. And I was like, who knows? Maybe this is like (laughs) Art of Flight. Curtis Morgan just followed me. (laughs) Like, you know? And then two days later, it was like, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I created a count and like put two posts up. And then it was like, eh. Yep. No, thanks. Nothing ever happened there. Totally. Deleted that off my phone. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, but there will be something better. I mean, it's kind of like cryptocurrencies emerged as far as like you know topping off something that's been around for a long, long time. Yeah, like how long is money? Been like around? social media is something that'll definitely get <laughs> totally recreated and replaced. Yeah, hopefully Mark Zuckerberg is not involved in any capacity. <sighs> Man. Yeah, it was so great when Instagram was just Instagram. Yep. Yeah. Well, like it seems like Instagram- I remember when we. We worked with Bear Archery early on and created a really good relationship and then pitched them to create, run, and manage a Instagram page for those guys. Yep. And, like, we had zero brand direction or communication with Bear Archery. We literally ran it just with what we thought was cool and the content we shot and yep. sharing some other people's stuff for three years. Yep. Didn't spend a single dollar. Grew it to 75,000 followers. Yep. And I'm like, man, dude, if I got a brand today to start, I would be like, oof. Yeah. This is going to be tough, dude. Totally. To organically grow it, not pull some like, totally. you know, just there's weird stuff out there that you can use to like get a big number. But mm-hmm. to really actually just organically grow a page to a large following is super tough now. Totally. One, I think that it's like, <clears throat> you know, now your biggest in in my opinion and I could be totally wrong but I think now your your best bet is to grow your page is to you know have other pages sharing it mm-hmm. you know with your account tagged at the bottom yeah um which is tough though oh totally cuz you don't ever want to be like hey can you guys post one of my photos to give me followers cuz they're going to be like no totally and then you know <laughs> you don't want to like reach out to people and it it's funny cuz one thing i've noticed is some brands that pay you the exact same as others will give you photo credit at the bottom and some won't, you know, and it's all worked out ahead of time, but you know, it just kind of depends. Like you'd never want, at least in my opinion, I'd never want to ask a brand that has the exclusive rights to the photos. I would never go out of my way to be like, Hey, can you guys like give me photo credit because they own the image if you sold it to them? Yeah. If that's, you know, agreed upon. If I ever sold someone an image, if they don't want to give me photo credit, then I'm fine. They already paid me. Totally. Exactly. It's sweet to get it, but. Yeah. Not a big deal. Yep. Um, Let's see. What else did I have for you, big dog? What's your favorite beer? (laughs) Mm, That's a tough one. And, and. And when you've decided what your favorite one is, like if it was an image, what would it be? <laughs> mm. Probably. Well, I've got an empty Coors Light next to me and I'm drinking a salmon fly. And they're two, like, I don't know. The Coors Light is like the trashy chick at the bar and the salmon fly is like the girl you marry. So I, I think I'm going to have so to go like with the, the salmon Coors fly. So the Coors Light is like a bad, like really cheesy, like dude crossing a creek carrying like a fake shoulder mount in his backpack <laughs> but like you still like it a little bit you know you're yeah. like you're like i gotta yeah. have a coors light like the, the mountains are blue you know that's true you can't drip on coors light too hard but it's pretty hard to breed a salmon fly so what's the salmon fly a photo of 
Oof. Like a 30 inch brown trout <laughs> with like a massive squala hanging out of its mouth. Or it's a salmon fly yeah. beer. It's got to be a salmon fly hanging squala, out. Squala, salmon fly, all same right, thing. Right. <laughs> I was the fishing. Did you get a throw the dry? Because you were fishing last week. I was rowing last week. Uh, My girlfriend got to throw the dry and it worked out well. Purple squalas. Is she stick or what? Is she getting, getting pretty good with the old fly rod? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Getting better at casting where, where I say to cast. So that's good. A lot less snags and tangles than we used to get. Um, it was actually really epic, though. The um, We're, like, rowing along this bank, and I was, like, my buddy Kellen was in the back of the boat, and she casted, and Kellen was fishing streamers, and she uh, has, like, a double chubby rig on. It was, like, purple chubby and pink chubby. <laughs> like, something's got to eat one of them. And uh, we were going along this, like, log jam, and she was about to pick it up, and I was like, no, 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 leave it, leave it, leave it. Uh, and it was kind of like, we were filming one time, and you were like, three, two, one, and the fish was like, boom, and it, it was like that. It was like, leave it, leave it, leave it, smash. Boom. It was like, sick. It was, it was really cool. Nice. But, yeah, ran into Rokosh at the takeout. <laughs> he caught a lot more fish than we did, as per usual. But I would hope so. Yeah. That's his job, so. He, like, sleeps on the water. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, bro, you didn't net 40? Even though, <laughs> like, you talk, even though you talk to him and he's like, dude, I'm still looking forward to bear hunting, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't net 40? No, yeah. we did not net 40 or even half of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you, so when you go into shoots, do you create a shot list or take a shot list with you at all ever? Uh, yeah, it, it depends. Like if it's a product shoot in a studio or in the field where you're like, I'm shooting this product for this brand. Like, yes, I have, sh you know, a shot list of like certain things I want to shoot, but with, um, so if you're documenting a hunt, you don't, I do to an extent, but I feel like there's, you know, like I have in my, I don't necessarily print one out on a hunt. Like it, let's say it's for snowy mountain rifles and I'm shooting photos of a new rifle then yes, but if it's for Taylor on a sheep hunt mm -hmm. and the photos are just for him, it's kind of like, okay, you know, I obviously want to shoot a variety of landscapes, portraits, gear, travel, you know, all sorts of stuff, but it, I kind of just, like, let it come to me as it happens. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It, it, it just kind of depends, like, you know, on a, on a shoot where it's not to highlight a product, it's just kind of like, I like to kind of just run and gun and like, as I see stuff, shoot it and obviously have a few ideas in my mind. Like, okay, back at camp, let's take a, a wide shot of camp with the stars and the tents lit up, or let's, you know, when somebody's laying down to shoot, snap a photo of them looking through their scope or working the bolt on their gun or what, you know, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. That's kind of a roundabout answer to that. Calvin doesn't do shot lists is the answer. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Not religious. I don't a lot either, but I know when I do, it's super helpful. It's just you don't always have the time to like, I mean, you do, but you don't always make the time to like be thoughtful about your hunt coming up and your shoot. Yep. But I know for like our films, we always had shot lists. Yep. And it was always like, oh, I forgot we needed to shoot like this, this, and this. Totally. And I know that happens on photo shoots too, where it's like, if I can sit down and be like, okay, we're going elk hunting. This is the mountain range. Like, here's what the weather's going to be. Here's kind of, I know the environment we're probably going to be in. Like, 
it helps me dictate what equipment I take, but then also I try to like come up with some like, okay, what are some new ways I can capture this? Or like, what would be super cool totally to show? And like for me, if I don't write it down or like take a photo of another photo that someone, maybe someone else has shot or I've shot in the past, it's like inspiration. And if I don't have that, I probably forget. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> because the hunting is so demanding, especially if you're a hunter and a photographer of like being very in tune with what's just happening in the moment, not like, okay, what shots did I need to get today? You know? Totally. But the film, it's different because the film's like you're piecing the story together as you go. Yep. Or photography, sometimes you just shoot what's cool and then hope it turns out well at the end. But Totally. Well, and I, I've definitely like made shot lists before and then got, and I've done this, this has happened when I don't make shot lists too, whether it be you're shooting a product or something and you get home and you're like, and you pull up, you're editing and you're like, dang it, I totally forgot yeah, to shoot yeah. like, you know, a certain like tag or zipper or pocket, or, you know, or, you know, or whatever the shot may be that you had in mind. So I think writing it out could definitely be very helpful. And that's sure. definitely something that I could improve at as yeah. far as like, you know, as you know, thinking ahead of time. Yeah. So yeah, that's a tough one. I don't even heed my own advice all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, likewise. So I know like you did a lot of video when you worked and interned with us, but like what was there a, like a conscious reason or decision for why you want to start doing video for clients? Because I know when you first started, it was mostly photos. Yeah. So and I know for Drake, it was like always photos. And now he's doing more video. Yeah. So I feel like there's definitely something to be said for like feeling kind of like stagnant at a at a time or, you know, like. I think everybody goes in their creative process goes through <clears throat> times where they're like, I'm really creative right now. Or like, man, I'm kind of hitting a wall and I feel like I'm doing the same thing right now. And I think that for me, film was kind of a way to like break out of that and be a little more creative. And it like kind of helps me be more creative shooting photos too. Cause they're like, they're two different things, but they complement each other very well. Um, and I never really had had much experience filming, until working with you guys and then that kind of was like okay you know there's there's definitely more I shouldn't say more opportunities in film than photo but it's there's more opportunities if you can do both than just one Mm -hmm. and like video I would say I'm not nearly as proficient as I am with photos so it's kind of a fun way to like push myself and make myself get better and make myself learn out of my own and and kind of you know, switch things up a bit, and and I think it kind of makes you see things differently, because, like, you know, the guy walking down, you know, if you're shooting photo, just photos, sometimes, you know, you'll be like, okay, well, I've got a million photos of you walking down a ridge from behind, whereas, like, if you're filming, you're like, okay, now I'm going to slow-mo film the dust coming off your boots going down this, like, shale slide, or down this muddy little ravine, or whatever it is, so I think it, it kind of... Uh, it just makes you think, at least for me, it makes me think a little bit more about like, okay, I can see this shot. Is that a photo, a video shot or both? You know, like yeah. kind of where, where to go from there. Um, and I feel very confident shooting video. It's editing video that I'm like always trying to like really learn and, mm-hmm. and, and do. I mean, there's tons of stuff that I'll like put together that I don't even like do anything with. Cause I'm just trying to like learn and experiment with new things. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a nice dude a roundabout answer. Yeah. I mean, I love video. Yeah. I hate how time intensive it is, 
Yep. <laughs> if you could just get paid to do photos, do that because you're going to save yourself a ton of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, um, <laughs> what kind of equipment are you shooting with now? Because so, I know you started with Canon, shot Nikon with us and Sony a little bit. And yep. what's kind of your current setup? What do you like about it? What don't you like about it? So right now I'm running a 5D Mark III, which I actually I bought in when I was like 19 when I had moved to Montana. Yeah. Um, and it still is like old. I call it old faithful. It's yeah. like I love that camera. Um, and then I have a 6D Mark II that I shoot with um, that I do a lot of video stuff with. And then um, I have a Sony A7R three. Okay. So, cool. and I'm kind of transitioning. I don't, not fully to one or the other. I'm kind of like slowly collecting Sony lenses as I save up the money to to buy more lenses. Um, but I do have an adapter. It's yep. called an MC11 adapter. So, you can run Canon lenses or Nikon lenses, whichever version of the adapter you get to your Sony body. Um, So that's been helpful in like using the Sony and not breaking the bank up front as far as like, sure. Um, What do you like about the Sony versus your Canons? I like the, it has better video capabilities, um, better slow motion capabilities, silent shutter. It's lighter, it's smaller. Mm -hmm. Um, It's got, I actually, I know some people don't like it, but I really do like it. It's got a digital viewfinder. Yep. So what you see is what you get. Yep. Obviously, you know, if your shutter speed's really low and you, what you see isn't going to be what you get because yeah. that's just <laughs> how that works. It's fuzzy and blurry. But, but it, you know, from I remember as as a kid shooting with, like, that old silver EOS R being like, man, I wish I could just, like... Well, that was when I was shooting just on auto. Like, I'd never mess with manual. I was, like, 15, 16. But being like, man, I wish I could just, like, get the camera to shoot what I see, you know? So with the Sony, it's cool to look through it. And as long as you know your settings are right or appropriate for whether it's a, you know, fast-moving object, slow-moving object, still object, to be like, okay, what I see is what I'm getting. And then to pull it up on the computer and be like, yep, what I saw is what I got. Yep. So I like that. Um, you got any new lenses that you're stoked on? or? I do. I have a... 85 prime on that sony right now 85 prime yep it's like a that's like number one portrait lens oh yeah well and they actually the way i got started on prime lenses was with you guys because i believe you guys had a 14 mm-hmm. yeah 14 2 8 we had a 21 8 the 20 was the first one yeah, the and then <laughs> and then the 14 came after that um but i remember just being like wow these are really crisp these are cool yeah. images and then Drake actually, when he switched to Sony, had a bunch of Canon stuff. So I was just like hoarding my change and stuff up in my room. And I would come down every once in a while and be like, yo, you got like 10 batteries you want to sell? Or like, <laughs> like you got any lenses? How about that lens? Like 200 bucks, bro. Yeah, well, so that's funny. So he had this 50 Prime and he was like, yeah, it's one of my favorite lenses. And it's a 50 Prime 1.4. Yeah. And... um and that kind of got me started off as like I went bear hunting with Brandon the like day after I bought the lens and I made myself that day I was like I'm gonna shoot this lens like all morning and that's it and it just kind of like forced me to like see things differently and like if I'm too close back up if I'm too far get closer like move around my subject um and then 
after that, I actually talked to Drake and he had the same lens and he was like, yeah, I really like the 85. It gives me kind of the same look as like a 70 to 200 at 200. Yeah. Um, so I gave that a try and I like it a lot. Nice. So do you usually just start off with a, pr- I mean, it depends on the day to day, but do you more often have a prime or a, like zoom on your camera? Um, I probably start off with a prime more often just because like 50 prime and even the 85 prime is like pretty good in low light. Um, I guess if we start the day when it's light out, my go-to is a 16 to 35 just cause it's kind of yep. a versatile lens. Um, for filming and photos, you can shoot some pretty awesome stuff when it's really wide, but also when it's, I really, it might as well be a 16 prime because yeah. I'm probably at 35, like 1% of the time, yeah. but it's nice to like have the option. Sure. Um, so nice. Dude. Yeah. So I like to, I like to start with that. Um, but it's all kind of like situational. Like if it's, if it's really dark or if it's low light, like just kind of, kind of all depends. So. Sure. You got any work or projects or anything in the pipeline that are coming out that are going to be kick ass or kind of going to be just working on new stuff soon. I've got just kind of some new stuff coming up. Um, some travel trips for the year should be good. Um, Smith River trip should be fun. Nice. I'll shoot a bunch of stuff there. Um, it's funny, the Smith, I feel like I always, like, the first time, obviously, I was interning for you guys, so I was, like, filming most of the time, fishing a little bit, but this, the time that I did it last year by myself, all my friends were like, why aren't you fishing? And yeah. I was like, look around, like, this is, like, my dream for yeah. <laughs> taking photos and video, like, you just keep fishing, I'll just run the camera, you know? Um... So I've got the Smith trip coming up in like less than a month. Um, so that'll be awesome. And then some stuff in Alaska in the fall. And then nice. possibly some stuff in Asia in the fall. We'll see it. Kind Asia. Of, Asia. Oh, yeah. Over by um, China and Kyrgyzstan. So we will see kind of. I still got to get all that like officially on the books. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to to doing that and i think i'll probably put like a reel together from the summer just of like me my buddies my girlfriend my dog having fun fishing doing whatever so heck yeah so not really like a not really like a formal project but just kind of like a edit as i go type thing so nice man yeah what's your instagram handle at calvin connor c-a-l-v-i-n-c-o-n-n-o-r nice you got a website or not i do couldn't find it when i googled your name no you need to up the seo game dog i do need to up the seo game maybe i'm wrong but maybe it's down maybe i need to check it calvin i just do calvin connor not calvin maybe if i do calvin connor photography calvin connor imaging.com gotta get that seo dub dog i know all right well go check them out at at calvin connor on instagram you're not going to be able to find his website, unfortunately. It's Calvin Connor Imaging, but <laughs> we'll try to help him out. Thanks for coming on, dude. Let's do it again. Yeah, definitely. All right, signing off. Cool.